Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Fact Hunter Radio Network. You're listening to the Fact Hunter Radio Network. Here is your host, George Hobbs. Welcome back, Fact Hunters and Truth Seekers from around the world to another edition of Classic Audio. Since um, Monday, February 20th, when most of you are probably listening to this, February 20th, 2023, is President's Day. I thought I would play uh, one of Bill's more popular clips. And this is episode 1522 from December 21st, 1998. And this episode is is entitled The President from Hell. And this is uh this runs close to 2 hours. So without any further ado, let's get to today's classic audio Bill Cooper from a uh, December 21st, 1998. Enjoy. You're listening to the Hour of the Time. I'm William Cooper. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we uh had a surprise today. <laughs> I have uh, struck up a friendship with someone whom I have never seen, and in fact, quite a few people whom I have never seen through the mail, uh, that is regular United States mail, through email, um, and uh, they never, <laughs> they never failed to surprise me. I just received today from... Uh, one of our most ardent supporters, the man who is responsible for uh, starting the the plethora of websites on the Internet where you can hear the hour of the time. His name is Stephen Malone. If you're on the Internet, you might know him as Racer. But he'd done an awful lot to help us out. He was the one who compiled the Intelligence Service Research Database, which, by the way, is no longer available. We still get orders for it from time to time, but it's no longer available. It was only available for a very short period of time. And uh, if if you didn't get it when it was available, then you're never going to get it because it's gone. But Stephen Malone was responsible for that. And as I said earlier, he was responsible for the plethora of websites where you can hear the hour of the time on the Internet. He has uh, done an awful lot of research into the mysteries. He's extremely interested in in what we have accomplished here. He has uh, 
thanked us on several occasions for waking him up. And uh, he has a great website of his own. And he's a musician. He, he does an awful lot of things. But he's just sent us a CD. And uh, it's, it's incredibly beautiful music. He, he played the music. He wrote the music. He played the music. He produced the music. He put it on CD. <laughs> and it's beautiful. You're going to hear it tonight because that's what we're going to play on the hour of the time tonight is uh, Stephen Malone's CD of Moonlight Winds. And I think you're going to love it. But look here what he has done to help us. And, and I want the whole world to know the generosity that he has displayed. He sent us an extension of his copyright along with his CD, Moonlight Winds. And it's a uh, compilation of ten instrumental songs, all performed by him, produced by him, written by him, everything. It's a beautiful CD. And uh, he has given us an extension of copyright to reproduce his uh, CD in any way we want for the next year. And uh, all the proceeds, he says, can go to me or my family or the Harvest Trust or any designees whom I denote in writing. Well, I never accept any personal gifts for myself. Um, I've just never done that in the past. Everything goes toward the, uh, the uh, mission that we have here to promote liberty and freedom for all peoples of all religions, of all races, of all places of ancestral origin. So the proceeds will go to benefit Harvest Trust. I can tell you that right now. And I can tell you that every single penny earned from the sales of this music will absolutely go toward the television project. So that's where it's going to go, Stephen, if you're listening. But this is just an incredible gift, and I am so very, very grateful to Stephen, not just for this, but for all the things that he has done. This is just another, you know, so many people claim to want to help, claim to be patriots, and claim to care about liberty and freedom who never help in any way. They sort of suck the life out of those of us who, who are doing everything that we can to help everybody. They just take and take and take and take and never give anything. Well, Stephen is not like that. Stephen is like those of us who have dedicated our lives to giving in order that we all might live free. And Stephen, since I've met him about two years ago, I guess it was, has done nothing but give. He's given in every way that he possibly can, and he's always bugging me to find out what else he can give. And I know it took an awful lot of work to write that music. I know because I used to, uh, I used to play the trumpet, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, and I was pretty good at it. I also sang in high school. I had a band 
And uh, we did pretty good. You know, I went to high school in Japan. Well, our band was so good that we played at all of the Japanese movie star parties and celebrations for Japan, Japanese movie studios. Uh, they, they loved our music. And so I know what it is. I know what it takes to write good music. I also know what it takes to perform good music. And uh, Stephen not only wrote it and performed every bit of it, all the instrumentation, but he produced it in CD form himself, at his own expense, everything. And uh, it's fantastic. So, Stephen, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for not just this, but all that you have done. And uh, you serve as a shining example to all the wannabes out there who are really and truthfully never bees, because they never do anything for anybody else. They just sit there and suck it up. And uh, if you ever hear from them, it's just to criticize. And it's very seldom constructive criticism, let me tell you. I don't know, uh, you know, I, I could go on for two hours talking about Stephen Malone and what he's done for us. And the chat room on the website, Stephen Malone paid for out of his own pocket, built it, contributed it, and administers it. That's another thing. I, you know, there's a lots of things that he's done and continues to do that I can talk about, but there are a lot of other things that I really need to talk about, and I need to hear from you guys, and I need to give you some information. So, Stephen, once again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for this gift, and for all those of you listening, uh, we're just going to play the music from Stephen Malone's CD, Midnight Winds, tonight, and if you're listening on shortwave, you know the nature of shortwave. It's stereo, and it is beautiful. And you're not going to hear it like it really is, but you're still, you're still going to hear some beautiful music. We're going to make this available to you on cassette tape. Stereo. Produced on the best equipment that we have for $10 postpaid per copy. And every penny that's made will go into the nonprofit television project fund so that we can get our production of the hour of the time on television and so that we can build the uh, community service nonprofit station, television station here for the Round Valley where all the production will be made and from which the rest of the world will receive our television productions. We're going to do it. It'll be a lot easier with your help, but with or without your help, we're going to do it because there are a lot of people like Stephen Malone. And uh, a lot of people have said that we can't do it, just like they've said we couldn't do everything else. We couldn't have a radio show. I couldn't write a book. If I did, nobody would publish it. If it was published, nobody would buy it. We couldn't publish a book. We couldn't expose what really happened in Oklahoma City on April the 19th, 1995. But we did. We couldn't have a radio station, but we've got one. We couldn't encourage and help equip and educate 
micro radio broadcasting stations across the nation and around the world, but we did it. We couldn't expose the IRS for the outlaw tyranny subversive and treasonous organization that it really is, but we did it. We couldn't have a worldwide radio broadcast that could be heard in all nations everywhere, but we did it, and we're going to complete our television project, and we're going to do that too. If you want to help, Buy a tape of this music you're going to hear tonight. It's $10 postpaid. It goes for a good purpose. None of it will be profit to anybody or any organization whatsoever. We will consider your $10 a donation, and for that donation you will get the stereo top quality tape. You won't get one of these little white tapes. You'll get a real good top quality tape, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, it'll probably be a TDK IECI Type 1 tape that is uh, excellent quality. In fact, that's what we use for the masters of our broadcasts around here. And uh, if you don't like the music, send a donation anyway, folks. We've got to do this. We've got to get it off the ground. We've got an awful lot of people to wake up that don't listen to shortwave, don't listen to radio, and won't believe anything unless they see it on television. And on television, it's not like radio. You see, on radio, we have to give you the source and the documentation. You can't see it. On television, we can show it to them. It is so important that we do this. And it is so important that you can say to yourself and your family and everybody else that you are a part of it that you were a part of it.
honey. How are you? I was just getting ready to start the uh, meat of the broadcast when you walked in and said, Hi, Daddy. <laughs> what are you up to? Oh, he's going to hug me? Well, come on. Give me a big hug real quick so I can get on with this broadcast. Oh, thank you. What a surprise. Thank you so much. Want to say hello to everybody? Hi. Want to say Merry Christmas? Merry Christmas. Okay, now you run along and I'll see you later, okay? Thank you for coming to see me. My daughter, Allison, <laughs> just decided to come and give me a big hug. And, uh, of course, I loved it. Thank you, Annie. My tea <laughs> has arrived. On Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen, on Wednesday, and before I start this, I guess I had better tell you to get pen and paper, because you're going to need it once again. On Wednesday... December 16th, just 16 hours before the impeachment proceedings were to begin, President William Jefferson Clinton launched a war against Iraq. The president was impeached on Saturday, December 19th. He was not expecting that. He thought the war would either completely erase all desire for impeachment, or at least delay it until after the new year. But he was impeached on Saturday, December 19th, Saturday afternoon to be exact, and exactly two hours later, exactly two hours later, the war in Iraq was terminated. Was terminated. It began with uh, what British Prime Minister Tony Blair called an Anglo-American strike. It was really, really, uh, ladies and gentlemen, a Zionist British Israelism strike. And the two are exactly the same. Synonymous, if you will. British Israelism, Zionism, same thing. Exactly same thing. So this Anglo-American strike was really a Zionist British Israelism strike. The United States and Great Britain launched a massive attack dubbed Operation Desert Fox against the nation of Iraq. It was, in fact, a unilateral violation of the United Nations Charter. Regardless of what you may think about the United Nations or what I may think or not think about it, it was, in fact, a violation, a unilateral violation, blatant violation of the United Nations Charter. The attack was ordered after President Clinton spent the day in an effort to turn the votes of moderate Republican congressmen to his favor. The effort was a failure. And ladies and gentlemen, that's when the tail began wagging the dog. It became obvious, to me at least, that we would attack Iraq Wednesday morning when terrorist warnings were issued to all of our installations overseas. You see, in the past, when we have began 
to amount an attack somewhere, these warnings always go out. It's a tip-off. It's a very stupid one. At the time when I was attached to the Office of Naval Intelligence, no such thing would have ever been allowed. It's a clear tip-off. Every intelligence operative in the world knew when they saw those warnings that there was going to be an attack by the United States upon some country. Guess which country? <laughs> and it was confirmed when Rush Limbaugh, on his broadcast, announced that the United States would attack Iraq that same afternoon. It was no accident, ladies and gentlemen, that the attack came right after President Clinton's visit to Israel. You see, Zionism is the only agenda served by an attack upon the Arab world. I had predicted that if Clinton found himself in serious danger of impeachment, there would be war in the Middle East. You all heard me say it on this broadcast. Those of you on the Internet, you saw it on our website. Just in case you didn't, we have republished those same stories on the homepage. Well, Clinton did, and there was a war. There was no doubt, ladies and gentlemen, that Clinton had engaged in a desperate bid to delay the impeachment vote until the new Congress was seated, changing the division in the House by adding five more Democrats and subtracting five Republicans. It was a last-ditch effort to stave off impeachment and remain in office. The attack upon Iraq delayed the vote in the House of Representatives, and uh, it was thought by the White House that it would delay the vote until after the first of the year, or completely do away with any chance that the president could be impeached. Simply because, historically, the American people have never failed to support a president during a war. If necessary, Clinton could continue the operation as long as he wanted to, but at least until January, And guess what? To get the very best possible play out of the media, Clinton gave the media advanced knowledge. Listen to me very carefully, because this is despicable. The media was given advanced knowledge. The planned attack was even leaked on the air by Rush Limbaugh on his Wednesday broadcast. I knew we were going to attack, but even if I could have got on the air, I never would have said a word, simply because any advanced knowledge would jeopardize our soldiers, sailors, and Marines who would be taking part in such an attack, our pilots. But you see, at that time, I had no idea how far in advance Iraq was warned of the coming attack. He knew it long before. <laughs> long before any of us. Saddam Hussein knew it. 
You see, CNN, NBC, CBS, ABC, and other representatives of the press were notified, ladies and gentlemen, long enough in advance to be perched on the roof of the Ministry of Information building in Baghdad, ready to broadcast before the first attack began. How about that? Our sources informed us that President Clinton and his Zionist advisors believed an attack upon Iraq would circumvent impeachment or at least delay the vote until the new Congress was seated in January. The press was given advance notice to facilitate the broadest possible coverage in an attempt to save the Clinton presidency. See, Clinton had made a big mistake. All of his troubles came from Zionism. We talked about this just last Thursday night, I believe it was. We talked about it Wednesday night. But Clinton was given a chance. Stop pushing for the peace accords. Stop pressuring Israel to pull its people out of the occupied territories and turn over the land promised to the Palestinians. Stop it right now and we'll give you a chance to get back within our good graces. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, Zionism does not mean Jews. Most Jews are not Zionists. Most Zionists are Christians. All those who practice what is known as British Israelism are Zionists. Jerry Falwell is a Zionist. Pat Robertson is a Zionist. And I could go on and name many, many more. Reverend Schuler is a Zionist. The press was given advance notice, ladies and gentlemen, to facilitate the broadest possible coverage in an attempt to save the Clinton presidency. Great Britain's Tony Blair, United States Defense Secretary Cohen and the Clinton White House all lied to the world. They lied to the world. I am right now formally on the air saying right in their faces they lied to the world. They told us that their war against the third world nation of Iraq was successful because we struck immediately upon the withdrawal of United Nations inspectors. In other words, they said that it was the element of surprise. Surprise. Surprise? How was it then, ladies and gentlemen, that CBS, NBC, ABC, and CNN, all the communist news networks, all had film crews and correspondents stationed on the rooftop of Iraq's Ministry of Information building, accompanied by their Iraqi censors, all in place, showing live television of Baghdad within minutes of the announcement that airstrikes were scheduled. How could there possibly have been a surprise attack? Do they really believe that Arabs are that stupid? 
How early was the press informed? On Wednesday night, Bernard Shaw, Bernard Shaw on CNN, made the statement that Christian Amanpour had driven for 19 hours to be in Baghdad before the attack began so that she could serve as the foreign correspondent during the war for CNN. Let me tell you that again. On Wednesday night, December the 16th, Bernard Shaw made the statement that Christian Amanpour had driven for 19 hours to be in Baghdad before the attack began. The statement went right over the heads of most of the sheeple of the world. When did they seek permission to broadcast from the top of the Ministry of Information Building? And when was it granted? What did they tell Iraq? Did they say, Oh, Mr. Iraqi Minister of Information, the United States and Great Britain are going to mount a full-scale air attack against your country, and we wish to film the death and destruction of the Iraqi people and their homes that is about to occur on top of your building. Is that what they said? How was it that the American media was already positioned with live television being broadcast before congressional leaders or the United Nations Security Council were informed of the attack? How is it that they had Iraqi censors standing there with them to make sure that they did not give out any military secrets or information or information on what facilities or targets or how many casualties there were? How come those censors were already standing there with them before Iraq was attacked and Iraq was not supposed to know they were being attacked? How is it that the American media was already positioned with live television being broadcast before congressional leaders or the United Nations Security Council were informed of the attack? It would appear that the United Nations and the United States Congress were the last to learn of this war, or else they're just another pack of liars. Which is it? Clinton's attempt, as we all know, was a miserable failure. The Republican majority did not buy it, and neither did the American people. Despite all the phony polls and the phony fake polls that they are still attempting to manipulate public opinion with, the majority of the American people made their wishes and desires known. There is no doubt, ladies and gentlemen, the tail really was wagging the dog. The tail was really, really wagging that dog. Clinton is not only one of the greatest liars in history, but is one of the most opportunistic racist murderers. And I'll say that again. Clinton is not only one of the greatest liars in history, but is one of the most opportunistic racist murderers. He also proved that he is willing to put the lives of American military personnel in harm's way to fulfill his own self-interest. 
Now, if all these transgressions are not grounds for impeachment, ladies and gentlemen, please tell me what is. The president's ploy to delay the vote failed. Republican leadership in the House of Representatives began impeachment proceedings against President Clinton on Friday, December 18th, rejecting arguments that debates on impeachment might injure the morale of our armed forces in Operation Desert Fox, and certainly over the wailing and gnashing of teeth of all of his Marxist socialist proponents and backers. They used every conceivable method to delay the impeachment vote, including public revelation of marital infidelity by the Speaker nominee, Mr. Livingston, and a symbolic walkout by the Democrats. What a joke. The attack on Representative Bob Livingston backfired. The Democrats' walkout resembled nothing more than a bunch of whining children. And it was the stupidest thing I ever saw. Because they walked out, and then they ran back in real quick in order to get their vote in. As in everything they do, it was symbol over substance, and the symbol meant absolutely nothing at all. Someone with morals, someone with substance, someone with the courage and reality of their conviction planted firmly within their soul would have walked out and never returned. But not these clowns. Damage to the anti-impeachment cause was affected by Republican moderates. As one by one, they voiced their intent to vote for impeachment. But the death blow. The death blow, ladies and gentlemen, was rendered Saturday the 19th when Speaker of the House nominee, Representative Bob Livingston, took the moral high ground withdrawing his nomination for Speaker of the House and announcing his resignation from Congress within six months. Livingston called upon President Clinton to follow his exemplary example. And no one could stand up and say, let him who is without sin throw the first stone. Bob Livingston had a right to throw the stone. And he set an example by his resignation and called upon Clinton to resign, and I call upon for him to resign also. Resign, you scum-sucking liar. You are disgracing the office of the presidency and the United States of America every second you remain in the White House. Every second you remain in the White House. You are not worthy of the position. You are not worthy. You are not worthy to shine shoes in an alley. You have no morals, no ethics. And the count of those who have died around you is so far out of sight that it is inconceivable that you have not been charged with many murders, not just one or two. And your latest killing binge in Iraq is despicable. There was nothing patriotic about it. You were not saving the United States, our freedom, or the Constitution. You are murdering innocent Iraqis with your claim that it was Saddam Hussein who is the cause of all the trouble. You did not target him. 
You did not make any attempt to bring him out of power. It was just another lie directed at those too stupid or too ignorant to understand the truth of what was really going on. When Representative Bob Livingston called for your resignation and resigned from the House of Representatives, he turned the tables on the Democrats, on the Marxist socialists, and at the same instant became a great American hero. Representative Bob Livingston is a great American hero. He did what was best for the country, not what was best for himself. And he set an example. One of Clinton's greatest supporters, one of the ones who came out vocally against Bob Livingston, Representative Conyers, Conyers, did you know that at this moment, ladies and gentlemen, in Representative Conyers' office in Congress, there is a pregnant young intern running around? Did you know that? Nobody's asking John Conyers anything about that pregnancy, but they should. The President lost his battle to remain in office on Saturday afternoon when Articles 1 and 3 of the Articles of Impeachment were passed. Articles 2 and 4 were defeated. The four Articles of Impeachment and the vote count are Article 1, passed 228 to 206, willfully provided perjurious, false, and misleading testimony before a grand jury on August 17th. I'm not reading the entire articles, just the pertinent excerpts so that you'll know exactly what they are. Article 2, defeated 229 to 205, willfully provided perjurious, false, and misleading testimony, and sworn written answers on December 23, 1997, and during his videotaped testimony on January 17, 1998, in the sexual harassment lawsuit filed by Paula Jones. Article 3, passed 221 to 212, prevented, obstructed, and impeded the administration of justice, and has to that end engaged personally and through his subordinates and agents in a course of conduct or scheme designed to delay, impede, cover up, and conceal the existence of evidence and testimony related to the Jones case. Article 4 was defeated 285 to 148, engaged in conduct that resulted in misuse and abuse of his high office, willfully made perjurious, false, and misleading sworn statements in his written responses to some of the 81 questions posed by the House Judiciary Committee. Saturday afternoon, during the Last vote, ladies and gentlemen. Defense Secretary Cohen and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff held a press conference. 
Both of these men, listen to me carefully, both of these men stated that the goals of the plan against Iraq had not been met and that the attacks would continue. Both of them said the goals of the plan against Iraq had not yet been met and that the attacks would continue. But, but listen to this, less than two hours after Clinton was informed of his impeachment, he went on television and announced that he had terminated Operation Desert Fox. Let me say this again. Less than two hours after Clinton was informed of his impeachment, he announced that he had terminated Operation Desert Fox. And the president, <laughs> contrary to his Secretary of Defense and Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, said that the goals of the operation had been met. And indeed they had. <laughs> they had failed miserably, as a matter of fact, and there was no need to further continue the war. The whole goal of the war was to stop the impeachment proceedings against William Jefferson Clinton, or at least delay them until after the first of the year. The attack began the afternoon before impeachment proceedings were to begin, and ended less than two hours after President Clinton was impeached by the House. That tail wagged that poor old stupid dog near half to death. Will the dog survive? Well, President Clinton has been impeached. The attack upon Iraq is over. The American sheeple, however, have absolutely no idea what has happened. In fact, it is doubtful that they know much of anything, except tomorrow morning they have to get up and go to work, and, and maybe they know that uh, we sure kicked some Iraqi ass and a lot of people died. Yes, sir. We are the super-duper Americans. Yes, we are. Maybe super-duper, but we sure are stupid. Ignorant, and for the most part, extremely apathetic. The fate of the 42nd President of the United States of America rests in the hands of the Senate. And it doesn't matter what they do, ladies and gentlemen. No matter what happens, Clinton is finished. He is history. I have the feeling that the United States of America is finished. That it, too, is history. That it, too, is history. And I have this incredible urge to kick the living crap out of Dustin Hoffman.
listening to the Hour of the Time. I'm William Cooper. Let me give you our address in case you want to send us a donation or a letter or information or whatever you want to send. Send it to the Hour of the Time. That's the Hour of the Time. In care of 98.5 FM. That's in care of 98.5 FM. Post Office Box 940. That's P.O. Box 940. Eager. Spelled E-A-G-A-R. That's Eager. Spelled E-A-G-A-R. Arizona. Arizona. Postal Zone 85925. That's Postal Zone 85925. One more time for the slow ones. Harvest Trust. In care of 98.5 FM. P.O. Box 940. Eager, Arizona. 85925 USA. And if you're writing from another country, please don't forget to put USA. Now we're going to uh, open the phones, ladies and gentlemen, get your comments on what you just heard. And uh, maybe you'd like to contribute something that you know yourself. The number is 520-333-4578. That's 520-333-4578. Good evening. You're on the air. Hello, Bill. This is Mitch. Hello, Mitch. Can you talk a little louder? Yes, I can. That's better. Okay. I was just wondering if you had uh, seen the, the thing on CNN with uh, Carville claiming that it didn't make any difference whether the Senate voted in favor of impeachment or not. Clinton was not going to leave office. Now, did you say Senate or House of Representatives? The Senate. He said it didn't matter whether the Senate found him... And he said, furthermore, starting January the 1st, we're going to get those people back, those troublemakers. Carville said that? Yes, sir, on CNN. Uh, if anybody out there recorded that, I would sure love to get a copy so that I could play it on the air. No, I missed that. He um, went ballistic. He was ballistic. I mean, his insanity was obvious. Well, they're all insane. Look what they're doing. They're, they're calling the Republicans haters now. And they're saying that the vote to impeach Clinton was hate. And that the votes were hate. And that the Republicans hate Clinton. And the impeachment was an act of hatred. Can you believe this? Well, he definitely showed his insanity and went ballistic and completely revealed that they don't think anything of the Constitution of the United States because he's not leaving office, he said. Well, we've, we've known what they think about the Constitution for a long time. They underestimated the feelings and the, and the uh, political mood of the country. They're, they don't have the power that they think they have anymore. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. It, it just makes me nauseated to know that there are still people out there that say, well, we should just let him finish his term. Even after I tell them this, they still say the same thing, some of these people. It's insane. It's That's insane. because they're not people. They are brainless sheeple. 
and, yeah. and, and unfortunately, if there's enough of those brainless sheeple, they'll get exactly what they deserve. Unfortunately, those of us who don't deserve it will also get it. Exactly. That's what upsets me so much, because I have a family that I love very much, and because of the stupidity, we're going to have to suffer along with them. Well, don't count your chickens before they hatch. Remember, everybody on the news, Larry King, all of his guests, every column that you ever read, everything that was said everywhere, Remember what they said? They'll never get enough votes to impeach him in the House. Oh yeah, I realize that. So don't count, don't count it out before the Senate has a chance to demonstrate whether they are moral, responsible, law-abiding citizens or not. Well, they may surprise you like the House of Representatives did. Uh, there was also another woman, I don't remember her name. But and how about Bob Livingston? He shocked the hell out of the world. Yeah, I realize that. It kind of caught me by surprise, but... Uh, caught everybody by surprise. Nobody, nobody that I know, including me, believed that there was one single congressman or even one person in the entire structure in Washington, D.C. that had any moral standards whatsoever or the capability of doing what was right rather than what was personally expedient. Yeah. Oh, and one other thing, that same, same day, a little while later, they interviewed a woman who was highly connected. I don't remember her name, but she's highly connected with Clinton. And when the interviewer asked her, would it be such a bad thing if Al Gore finished out the year, year and a half term as presidency, she said, don't even think about that. Bill Clinton is not going anywhere. He is going to stay there until the last second of the last minute of the last hour of the last day of his term because the American people elected him, not the Senate. <laughs> the American people did not elect him. Most of the American people are just so disgusted with politics in America and the way things go and how, how many lies are told to them that they don't even bother to vote anymore. Clinton was not elected by the American people. He was elected by a small portion of those who went and voted. And it wasn't even a mandate of the vote because how many votes did he get? About 17%, huh? No. He got about 40%, but that's not even over 50%, is it? Yeah, but I mean, if you take into consideration all the people who don't vote and add those up as possible voters, he got about 17%. No. Oh, you're talking about the entire population. Right. Oh, yes, okay, yes, you're, you're correct, if that much. If that much. Yeah. Yes. I, I was, see, we were talking about two different things. I was talking about all of those who voted, and you were talking about the entire population. Yeah, because people like me vote by not voting. Well, in this country, the way it was established, it doesn't matter whether you vote or not. The government was set up to protect the rights of all of us, regardless of who did or did not vote. And this concept that the American people elect the president is another sign of the vast stupidity of the American sheeple. They do not read the Constitution. The president is elected by the Electoral College, which has absolutely nothing to do with the popular vote and the electors are not required to follow the popular vote. That's right. <coughs> okay. I'm, mm. I'm I need some tea. And learning and, and thinking and, and everything that it takes to try to withstand this insanity that we're living living through. Keep up the good work and 
I'm gonna, uh, I've got all your, your cakes and your Veritas and your book and everything, and I'm going to continue to support you every way that I possibly can. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned Veritas. Issue number 20 is on the way to the printers right now. Great, great. Okay, bud. Good luck, good night, God bless you, and have a very Merry Christmas. Same to you. Thank you for calling. Okay. 520-333-4578 is the number. Good evening. You're on the air. Hello, Bill. This is Dave calling from San Chompy, Florida. How do you hear me? Good. Okay. I'm one... I just... My brother and I, we get a Christmas card from a poor Air Force guy. He was up for a command at Tyndall Air Force Base. He was charged with corrupting the morals of a minor... <coughs> He gave a beer to two teenagers, 18 or 19 years old, and as soldiers do... Boy, when I was a boy, I could have put the whole Air Force right out of business. Well, <laughs> over to Vietnam, we stopped in Sand Island Coast Guard Base, and we were 16 and 17, and they were serving us, and we got drunk, so why shouldn't they arrest the Navy? You know? No, you can't arrest the Navy. That's my service. Yeah, but I'm, I'm the first uh, Navy. It's, it's a joke. It's the a merchant joke. marine was the first militia. Well, well Bill, this, this jerk Clinton, this poor guy got 20 years. Then the Panama City police talked the kids into saying that he made homosexual advances. Then they recanted their statement. They reduced it to nine years. Somebody didn't like him. No, they were, they were trying to get his, he was slated for command. Uh-huh. And they wanted him out. Probably a politically incorrect officer. He probably believed in the Constitution or something. Uh, that is correct. He's a Christian now. Oh, that's even he worse. Get, I can't <laughs> get him a shortwave radio. I can't send him any Christian books. My brother can't get any into him, you know, and they've reduced his sentence to nine years, but now he's, and he had 17 years in, Gulf War veteran, and now they've started paying him his checks again at Fort Leavenworth. Now I want to know, this guy Clinton, who has done all this, what about all the servicemen, not just this man, who went around were a new officer and made a play for a wave? And they wind up in federal prison at Fort Leavenworth, the hothouse. That's another thing I would have gotten in trouble for. Well, I would have gotten in trouble. No, merchant seamen can get away. It's absolutely the most asinine thing I've ever heard, to put men and women together, and they're, they're going to be attracted to each other. And they're going to joke around, and they're going to ask each other out for dates. And anybody who thinks that's not going to happen, it doesn't have a single beer in their six-pack. Well, well, maybe one beer. Yeah, and the modern merchant ships today, now they have uh, mixed crews and all. And, uh, well, it, this poor guy is stuck in Fort Leavenworth, and I don't think it's right that I can't send him a few books or a few of your tapes or a small shortwave yacht boy radio. But the, <coughs> so Clinton gets away with it, and all these servicemen are in federal prison right now while he runs free. 
Yeah, your point is well made and well taken, and uh, there are a lot of people who are angry about that. Yeah. Uh, you see, this impeachment of Clinton didn't hurt the morale of the people in, in our military forces. I happen to know an awful lot of people in military service, many of them high-ranking officers, and I'm going to tell you right now, it made them all very happy. They're all very happy, extremely happy. Clinton has just about destroyed our armed forces, and they're 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 not their morale morale uh, was not damaged by Clinton being impeached. They are celebrating. I can guarantee you, they're celebrating in the military service right now. Right, and that from what I, we worked with the military, as soon as this guy got in, he started screaming, "Oh, let the homosexuals be equal." Yeah. The average merchant ship, you've got 25% of that crew is bisexual, and our rule of thumb is, you just keep it out of sight, don't annoy anyone, don't act stupid. Mm -hmm. And I've seen captains and officers who were the same, you know, and you've probably seen it in the Navy, but that uh, he plays up to everything, he plays up to the senior citizens, social security, he plays up to the minority with work there, and, well, here's this poor guy in jail for Christmas. Yeah, well, a lot of, you know, we, uh, nobody likes this. I gotta let you go. Okay, God bless you, Bill. Thanks a lot. Bye. Oh, boy. <laughs> nobody likes these things. I mean, it's, it's incredible. It's not good at all. You're listening to WBCQ, Monticello, Maine, USA. This is the Hour of the Time. I'm William Cooper. Jeffrey. Hi, I have some additional information on the perspective down here on the Livingston situation. One, we got the first reports of Livingston's resignation Thursday night at 5 o'clock p.m. from WWL-TV Channel 4. Some people tried to deny it Thursday night because of statements that came out of the Republican caucus. But did you notice Saturday morning in Livingston's speech a line that said, we are all pawns in the field of history where outside forces determine our status, etc., etc.? Uh-huh. Now... I never miss things like that. <laughs> well, obviously, I suspect from the information I've gotten that Livingston was told to resign by higher-ups since he admitted that we are all pawns in the field of history. Remember how we talked about the mystery schools, etc., years ago? Yes, but he could have been taking some uh, little bit of... Uh, of uh, 
literary license there in his when he wrote his speech, and uh, he could mean something entirely different from that. I didn't see any remorse or any bitterness or any sadness. Uh, I saw a man who was resolute and purposeful in what he did. Uh, and I think that if he had been told or ordered to resign by somebody else, we would have seen a little bit of something else in there. Well, of course, I couldn't see his facial uh, situation due to my condition. Yes, I did. But the point is that, that his office today has been completely shut down, and he's completely shut down everything as far as um, his activities are concerned, just as he said he would do. Now, the, the, what's happening down here is that you're having a, a, a lot of people jumping into the race, including a local former city councilwoman, Peggy Wilson, party, a guy out of Kenner, who I don't know, a state representative who is also running in the race. And, and David but, Duke, right? David Duke is going to run for... for uh, yes, yes, he's a, he was the, one of the first ones to announce. Well, that's all we need is a racist in there. Yeah, I know what you mean, but here's the other part of the story. According to the conservative index from the New American Magazine, Bob Livingston had at best a, 50, a 48 percent pro-American rating and 52 percent of the time voted for more government and more projects. In fact, most of the people down here are mourning the fact that they will not be getting government grants for UNO's U.S. Navy Research Center and other uh, other um, dependent agencies such as Avondale Marineways because the money won't be flowing from Washington down to Jefferson Parish and New Orleans anymore thanks to Livingston's loss. Well, it might, depends on who gets elected to take his place, but let's not let his past voting record take away from the fact that he did the right thing and he set the moral high ground in this issue. I see what you mean. Now the question is, will the Senate follow it? Because both the President and the Senate are now on trial. If the Senate fudges and, and lets Clinton go, you know, you and I both know what that does to the moral issue. Oh yes, I also know what it's going to do across this country. It's, there's going to be a hue and cry like you've never heard before. All these polls they're putting out, those are the biggest lies I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, Everybody. It's a clash between the moral relativists who define the, the underlying problem narrowly and those of us who look at the problem in a much wider sense and have a much more wider definition of the terms. No, it's against, I'll tell you what it's against, what, what it's between, Jeffrey, at least this is my opinion from watching this very carefully for a long, long time. This is against the dictates of Karl Marx and the dictates of the law. That's right. That's correct. Both Karl Marx economic and social Karl Marxism. Yes, absolutely. And Karl Marx said that, that uh, there is no such thing as a lie if it furthers the cause of socialism. That's right. And, of course, we, we know what that's going to lead to. The other danger is if Al Gore gets in there as vice president and then starts working his court martial law, then the whole thing could really go up in the air. Yeah, Gore is a, uh, is a despot. He also, in his book, blamed Christians for everything that had ever happened in the history of the world. And uh, he made a statement in his book that is chilling, that if we eliminate all Christians from this earth, it would be a, a, a really great place to live. Well, there we go. Or I'll let you go, Bill, and let other people come in. I figured I better give you this information from down here so you know what's going on in the Orleans area. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good night. 520-333-4578. What do you think about all this? <laughs> There's a lot to think about. Good evening. You're on the air. Hi, Mr. Cooper. How are you? 
need you to talk a lot louder. You're barely even mumbling. How are you this evening? Uh, well, I'm as good as can be. Uh, two things. It's not Operation Desert Fox. It should be called Operation Free Willy. <laughs> okay. And uh, two Operation Free Willy. That's a good one. Yep. Uh, two quotes. A society of sheep must in time beget a government of wolves. And the other one is uh, any frontal attack on ignorance is bound to fail because the masses are always ready to defend their most precious possession, their ignorance. I agree with uh, both of those. Uh, have mm -hmm. a nice uh, Christmas and happy Hanukkah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Five two zero three 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 four five seven eight. Yes, a nation of sheep will in time beget a government of wolves. <laughs> and nobody knows better than I what happens when you make a frontal assault upon ignorance. Good evening, you're on the air. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, there's a Clinton supporter. He's pulled down his pants and we can see his face clearly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Let's hear from some more Clinton supporters. Let's hear from some more of those who uh, <laughs> who don't have a leg to stand on. That's, uh, well, you all saw his face, ladies and gentlemen, as he uh, bent over and pulled down his pants. 520-333-4578. We welcome calls from anybody. Wow. What an incredible night. Let me see. Let's go back here. We'll do this right now and get ready for a break that's coming up in a couple of minutes. Good evening, you're on the air. Hi, Mr. Cooper. Hello. Uh, this is Helen Mitchell. I live in Treadwell, New York. Uh, this morning on our radio, they said that the Clinton lawyers were going to come out and say that the vote at the, in the Congress was unconstitutional due to the 20th Amendment. And I was wondering if you had anything to say about that. No, I've heard it. They did not say they were going to do that. They said that it was being considered amongst a whole lot of other things that they were considering. Well, I, I don't know what the 20th Amendment reads, but is it possible that they have a, have a case on that? Well, I don't know if they do or not. I doubt it. I, I know what the... It was something to do with partisanship. No. What it, what, in fact, they don't have a case. I know exactly what it is. I remember exactly what they said. They said that because it was a lame duck Congress, that it was unconstitutional for them to vote to impeach a president of the opposite party. The Constitution makes no such distinction. The Constitution says that if a president commits treason, bribery, high crimes, or misdemeanors, that the House of Representatives can impeach him and send that impeachment of charges to the Senate who will try him. doesn't say anything about lame duck congressmen or who has how many people sitting in Congress to vote or what party the, the uh, president belongs to. In fact, when the Founding Fathers wrote the Constitution, there was no such thing as parties and there were no such thing as politicians. So it's just another... No, I, this is 
this whole situation is very scary to me, and I would like to know, that, like you to know, how much we appreciate your voice and your opinions and your awareness of, of what is going on. But, uh, you know, there really is something I would like to do to wake up the American people because <laughs> I own a general store in a little town in, the, in upstate New York, which everybody considers New York, you know, the city. We're very rural here. And people are not interested in this. They're, they're, they have their head in the sand. And I called Bullard's office, that's our, our congressman for the 23rd district, and, and I didn't get any really, uh, let's call so-and-so, so-and-so. You know, I mean, what can we do about it? How can we fight this? That, that we, you know, this man is evil. And, and he's very evil. It's, I mean, it's, he's more evil than... It's not just this man. It's the whole philosophy of the people in Washington, D.C. today on in both parties, regardless of what the Republicans have done. They're just as much at, at fault, in my estimation, as the Democrats are. And uh, they have allowed a philosophy of socialism, Marxism, um, and, and you want to talk about extremism, it's not us who believe in the law and the Constitution as the supreme law of the land and the founding principles and ideals who are the extremists. It is those who are subverting those principles and ideals and this nation from within who are extremists. Can you believe a government that calls those of us who believe in the Constitution radical right-wing extremist constitutionalists when the Constitution is the supreme law of the land and says that we're out to destroy government? Well, I'm regarded as a kook. I mean, I'm regarded as, you know, I had, I had a doll that I bought at the Salvation Army, and it was a, a Clinton doll, and I, I put it in the, in the window when it first came out that he was a liar, and, 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 People regard me as a crook. He is a liar. But, but that doll hanging in my window was the truth. But I was regarded as a crook. <laughs> well, how, how did you? I'd like to know what to do about it, Mr. Cooper. I, I, we, we regard this. <laughs> we, you know, we, 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 I'd like to know what I can do to, to turn things around a little bit. I'm not fearful for myself. I'm going to be 60 years old. I'm fearful for my kids and my grandchildren. Good for you. And I was, I was going to know what to do. I called Bowler's office. I, I called the White House. I called, you know, I, but nobody, I'm not, I'm never cold. I mean, 70% in favor of Clinton since the impeachment? You know what they do? You know how many people they poll? 1,200 people out of a nation of 260 million. And they say that that poll is accurate. You can rig that poll just by calling all 1,200 people in a certain neighborhood. Oh, it's very disturbing. <laughs> I'm very upset. <laughs> oh, I'm very upset, too. Yeah, well, hey, keep talking, and I'm listening, and if you come up with some ideas for what I can do... I already know what to do. I've already made my, my uh, opinion on that matter well known to everybody, but it uh, doesn't appear that anybody uh, oh, understands it. There's so many of them here. And they're out there, but they're not listening. And they they have such confidence. They think, oh, no, it can't happen. It will never happen. But I'm sorry, it's happening fast. Yes. And, I, and I'm scared to death for my kids, not for me. Huh? You and I have had a good 
same way. We had the 50s, the 40s, the 60s, you know? Yeah. But uh, it's for my kids I'm worried about. Not, and I'm just, I'm just looking to, like, you know, wake somebody up. But uh -huh. I don't know how to do it. I wish I did. Well, um, I, I can tell you that I've tried my very best, and uh, I have awakened an awful lot of people, but there are so many who don't even want to hear about um, And, and uh, if they hear about it, um, you know, they don't, they're not really listening. <laughs> they don't care. Thank you very much. And thank you. Merry Christmas. Good night. Merry Christmas to you. And happy holidays and all that stuff. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> to that a lot, especially when I need to relax and let all this this terrible stuff roll off of my shoulders. Once again, I thank you, Stephen, for uh, for doing that. Good evening. You're on the air. Yes, this is Monty uh, from Idaho. Hi, Monty. Can you talk a lot louder, please? And, and uh, it is really beautiful music. I'm a piano player, and uh, I really like his style. Um about President Clinton, um, I, I believe that Lincoln put us under the War Powers Act, which was probably unconstitutional, but I think he had to do it because half the states <coughs> left their seats in Congress, and Congress could not convene. And I think we have been under the War Powers Act ever since, and I think that's probably the reason that Lincoln was assassinated, because five days after the war ended, he was going to take the country out of the War Powers Act, and all of a sudden he is assassinated. He may have done that, but whatever he did, he did it unconstitutionally. Right. The, cons the, the Constitution does not mandate a War Powers Act. In fact, the Constitution is explicit. 
It says the government has no power whatsoever during time of emergency in addition to the powers that it has been granted other than to suspend the writ of habeas corpus for the duration of the emergency, period. Right, right. That's all. So any War Powers Act is unconstitutional. And if it's unconstitutional, it is null and void upon its face the day that it was passed. It has no, no power under law whatsoever except under Congress's power to legislate in all cases whatsoever within the 10-mile square area known as the District of Columbia, insular possessions, territories, dockyards, forts, etc. Period. Okay, I agree. Of course, the sheeple don't, sheeple don't know that. <laughs> my whole Go ahead. Statement. Okay. Now, they, in Congress, they, in Washington, D.C., don't look at the philosophy that you just stated. It's not a philosophy, it's the law. I know it. Well, then why do you call it a philosophy? It is the law. Well, I just read you the law. To me, it is a philosophy because it's from... No, it's the law. They are going the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. I don't care what they do. If it's against the law, it's right. wrong. It's subversion. Okay. It's treason. Can you not interrupt it until I finish here? If you'll say something is right, I will. <laughs> well, Go ahead. Let me bring it together. Go ahead. Interrupt me. Okay. Um, if we're not under the War Powers Act, and it does exist, we can't say it don't exist because it's unconstitutional. It does exist. It's on the books. It's written into law. I don't care if it's fraud or unconstitutional. It does exist, and they use it. All right. It could be that President Clinton, either if we're not under the War Powers Act, enacted the War Powers Act uh, to, so he could control Congress and the Senate. But it didn't work because... You mean Lincoln. All, they were already... No, I'm talking about President Clinton. Clinton did not enact the War Powers Act. He started a war so he could enact the War Powers Act. So no, he, he implemented the War Powers Act. I know it. You said enacted. He did not enact the War Powers Act. He implemented it. Okay, imp he implemented it. Yes. Believe it or not, words are important and definitions are important. Right, right. Okay, well, let's say he implemented the War Powers Act to try and stop the Senate. But it didn't work on it because they were already in the impeachment process. You mean the House of Representatives? The Representatives, yes. <laughs> now, you see why I have to interrupt you? If yeah. I let you go on, nobody would know what the hell you're talking about. Well, you can <laughs> later. I mean, <laughs> you're good. I mean, you're, you're clear. Uh, but who knows how history is going to come out about this, if we'll ever know really what went on in the White House during all of this. But I, I agree with you 100%. I was listening to Johannesburg, South Africa, and they called me, because I'm an American, they called me a murderer, and I don't like that. I don't like Clinton. Well, you see, when you attack a country that has not committed any act of aggression, has not attacked its neighbor, does not possess any chemical, biological, or weapons of mass destruction, that is murder. That is murder. That's the definition of murder. No other word for it. Yes. That's what Hitler did. It's mass murder. Yes, it is. Um, and another thing is I listened to Radio Cuba. And Radio Cuba bills themselves as the only free nation in the Americas, which is kind of interesting. But what their news, they said that they had enjoined, 
and this was been a couple of weeks ago, they had enjoined with 20 other small nations of the world and filed suit against the United States uh, for violations of humanitarian acts against humanitarians. War crimes. <laughs> War crimes. And now, boy, they've got more to ask, don't they? Yes, they do. Yes, there is a world court. Well, the, there is a world court. And whether it has jurisdiction um, or not is, is something else. According to the Constitution, they cannot have jurisdiction over the United States of America. Because it's a sovereign nation. That's right. right. But we, have we given up that sovereignty with the you United Nations? Can't give it up. Congress or the President can't do anything that is is uh, abhorrent to the Constitution. Well, maybe it, it just might come down if they're found guilty in the word, world court of violations against humanity. Maybe that some other nations will come in and hang our President if we the people aren't going to do it. You know what? I hate to say this. I hate to say this. But to wake up the American sheeple and show them exactly what they've done, maybe that should be done. Maybe that needs to be done. Maybe some other nation needs to come in and arrest the President of the United States and put him in jail like they did to Manuel Noriega when they set the precedent and try him for crimes against humanity for all of the people that he murdered in Iraq. Maybe that needs to be done. And the United States of America set the precedent. If a court somewhere would issue such an order, they have just as much right to arrest and try our president as we had to arrest and try Manuel Noriega. I hope it happens. For the sake of the world, I hope it happens. It would wake up a lot of people. It would make them understand what they have set in motion and how dangerous it is. Yeah. Well, I'll give somebody else some time here. Okay. Thanks for your call. Uh -huh. 520-333-4578. Folks, I'm a loyal American, law-abiding citizen. I believe in the supreme law of the land, the sovereignty of the United States. Such an action would pain me to the quick. But we set the precedent, and maybe we need to learn a lesson. Good evening, you're on the air. Yes, hello? Hello. Hi, this is Howard Levine, and uh, I just want to say... Well, okay. hey, Howard. This is Howard Levine. Howard, instead of attacking my character, why don't you use some brains, if you have any, and talk about the facts? What is it that you object to, Howard? I, I object to your whole stupid program, and I want Howard, to pick him up the air. Howard, do you realize what you sound like to the entire world? You cannot address the facts. Howard, address the facts, Howard. Let's see if you have any brains at all. What is it that you what is it that you can debate here? You are a communist. You would you wouldn't know a communist if a communist was sitting on your head. You're a communist and I don't want to talk to you. Get off the air. Come on, tell us, debate. Get off the air. Talk about some facts. Talk about some facts, Howard. See, ladies and gentlemen, see what I'm telling you? These people cannot address the facts. They cannot talk about facts. They don't know any facts. It's just like the Republicans in Congress who voted to impeach the president 
because he broke the law, he committed felonies. They said that they were doing it because they hate the president. They never argue the facts. They still talk about they impeached the president because he had an affair with a woman that wasn't his wife. It's not true. And for your information, Howard, it is you and President Clinton who are the communists. Clinton and his wife Hillary have for their whole life supported Marxist orga organizations, some of them terrorist organizations that they have contributed large sums of money to, who then took that money and went out and killed people. There's where, there's where the communists are. Good evening, you're on the air. Yes, this is Dennis, North Carolina. Hi, Dennis. Uh, I'd like to remind you, have you given out the number for the Dr. Wallach Associates? No, I'm going to do that before the hour's over. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Anything else? I guess not. 520-333-4578. Let's hear from some more of those people out there who have all the brains. <laughs> That's amazing. The way that they have of absolutely being totally ineffectual with no intelligence whatsoever. They cannot even debate their side of the issue. Good evening. You're on the air. Hello? Hello? I own you. I control you. This is WB2HWW. I control what you do. Oh, you do? Really? I command you. I control you. Howard, uh, Howard, because I control you. Howard, go to bed. <laughs> Every time that they, they do these things, they demonstrate, they demonstrate, ladies and gentlemen, the lack of their individual and collective intellectual ability. They don't have it. Good evening, you're on the air. Bill, this is Tim. Hi, Tim. How you doing? Good. I have a, uh, just one comment to make to our friend out there, Howard. No, forget about Howard. Okay. Don't give I, Howard any play. <laughs> challenge anybody to converse with you with the facts. They can't do it. Very good. Good night, Bill. Thank you. But, folks, please don't address the idiots. You know, if we get somebody who wants to debate facts or talk about the issues that we discuss here, someone who can do it intelligently... Then we'll talk to them, but we don't talk to the Howards and the rest. We give them an opportunity, as you have seen that I do, to at least present some facts and present their side of the issues. They can't do it. They've never been able to do it. Good evening. You're on the air. Good evening, Mr. Cooper. Yes, sir. I just called to wish you and Annie and the children a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, I want to commend you for your work, sir. I've spoken with you before. This is Tony from Cleveland, Ohio. Hi, Tony. And um, uh, the people out there that don't understand this, they will be going on a camping trip very shortly. <laughs> they might be. Well, you can't tell them any other way. You try to explain things. And uh, as I told the fellow in Kmart last night, I said, you know, I got 400 bucks in my pocket, and I was going to buy some gifts, and I says, I'm leaving. He said, why is that? I said, because everything in the store is made in China. I said, do you know where that money goes? And he looked at me, he can give me an answer. I said, it's not like when you buy a product from the United States where it goes to the manufacturer. I said, you're talking about giving money directly to the military of China. And I says, 
I told him also, I said, do you know how many missiles they got pointed at us? And I said, your beloved president had dismantled our early warning system. And he looked at me and he says, no, I don't. I said, well, he did. I said, now, if this guy's so great, how come he is defending our country in such a fashion that he left us defenseless? And I said, you are supporting him. I said, shouldn't that be enough alone to want this man removed from office? And he didn't know what to say. And I said, I, I suggest, sir, that you pick up some facts and start poking around and don't uh, rely on his propaganda and his communist newspapers that are out there. Uh, the communist news networks. Oh, <laughs> uh, exactly. They're, they're owned by the global plutocrats, and uh, they let you, let the people, the sheeple, I should say, know what they want them to know. Yes, they do. And then uh, these people... They not only let them know what they want them to know, but they manipulate them and brainwash them through these, especially the television. That's why I don't even watch the thing anymore. Good for you. Uh, the only thing I watched this past week was uh, the situation we've had on TV with Congress. And those people, uh, our elected representatives there, they, they have a lot to learn, especially the ones that kept referring to our country as a democracy, a democratic uh, process. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Did you hear Charlton Heston on CNN? Uh, you know, I've seen a bits and pieces of that, but I don't, I don't get the cable. I've I seen that on uh, PBS. They were showing a part of that. Charles, Charleston Heston either misquoted Benjamin Franklin accidentally or he blatantly lied. I don't know which, and I'm not accusing him uh, of, of uh, lying, but I will tell you this. He said that Benjamin Franklin, when he came out of the Constitution Hall in Philadelphia, when the uh, Constitution had been adopted, uh, was asked by a uh, journalist waiting, uh, you know, what it was that they had done. He, he said, Ben, what have you wrought? Ben said, a republic if you can keep it. Charlton Heston said that Ben Franklin said, a democracy if you can keep it. And that's a lie. That's just not the truth. Uh, now, he may have right. I mean, uh, I remember that from when I was 10 years old. Yes. The republic if you can keep it. Yes. It's, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just one of the few out here, but, but I can't seem to uh, get it through my head and understand what in God's name is wrong with these people. They're Marxist socialists. They believe in the socialist cause. They want socialism to rule the world. To have socialism, you first must have a democracy. You must convince the people that they have to vote themselves all the benefits, and that takes you into socialism. And then the end goal is communism. That's why poor old Howard didn't wouldn't know a communist if he was sitting on his head. <laughs> Howard thinks I'm a communist, and he's probably a flaming Marxist socialist who is going to be one of those who actually uh, bring us into communism ultimately. I feel sorry for him. I really do. I'll have to say a couple prayers for the guy tonight. Maybe, uh, maybe uh, the Holy Spirit will uh, somehow get a hold of him, and maybe he'll just plant a seed, and maybe this guy will start doing some reading and discovering on his own how long he is. Maybe, but I, mean, uh, I would well, Merry Christmas to you, too, but you, know, <laughs> you have to start waking up, you know. I mean, it's, uh, it's getting close, and uh, you know, the people out there know what I'm talking about. Yes. Uh, the people I converse with on uh, the chat room and everything else, and uh, Ma and Racer and all them other folks, they know what's going on, and uh, it's amazing how when I'm on there sometimes at night, how these people call in, and they'll ask questions, and, and after they, they start saying a couple words here and there, and some paragraphs and so on and so forth, 
you start getting the idea of where they're coming from, and you know, you can pinpoint them, you can nail them right to the to the barn door that that they're not a true American, and then then the, then the truth starts coming out. I had some guy in there the other night telling me that uh, he is part of the uh, well, he, he could have been just playing along, but he he seemed real dead serious about himself being part of the uh, illuminated society, and uh, that we are fools. And they were going to walk all over us, and, and uh, their best buddy they got that... Uh, Let me tell you something about walking all over us. They're the biggest pack of cowards that ever lived. They're not going to do any walking all over anybody. They're going to pay somebody to go and do their dirty work. And as soon as that somebody begins to take heavy casualties when they attempt to disarm the American people are are actively put us under the thumb of despotism, they're going to take heavy casualties, and nobody will stick around to fight their little war for those screaming cowards who haven't got the guts to do it for themselves. They're going to say, here, you keep your money, we're going home. Well, that's the truth of the matter. Yes. Nobody gets goosebumps when the United Nations flag walks by. I, I can't stand looking at that thing. I, uh, I fought my congressman four times this week. Uh, I happen to be going through Richfield, Ohio, and they have uh, actually a United Nations flag flying next to our flag. And I rode in there on my bike, and I spit at the thing, and I told them, the firemen and the police that were standing outside there, I said, you people ought to be ashamed of yourself. You're serving the American public, and you have that stinking flag flying next to my flag that my father fought for, well, for this country and God, and you have that stinking flag flying there, do you know what that represents? And they looked at me kind of weird, and they just didn't understand. They thought I was some crazed biker, which I don't consider that. I don't, I, I, I'm an American first. Mm -hmm. And as far as the biker thing goes, I'm even ashamed of the people that ride motorcycles out there because they go in and they go into dealerships and they buy all that junk made in, in uh, Taiwan. Or the, the custom market is... Uh, it's amazing. There's some guys out there who started these custom aftermarket parts, and they portray themselves as Americans. One guy even has his, his uh, Green Beret outfit on. When he first started out his business, and now, I won't mention his name, but now you go buy parts, and everything is made in Taiwan, stamped on it. It makes me sick. It makes me sick that I'm supposed to put this part on an American bike. No, I, I, don't, I think these American people, they just... Yes, they are, and unfortunately, they're they're going to get what they deserve. I just I uh, pray every every evening during the day. I, I talk to the boss upstairs, and I said, Father, whatever you can do to wake these people up, if you need me to use me, however you do it, you do it. I'm here for you, and uh, you know we, uh, that's that's part of being American. You know, there's a lot of there's a spiritual battle battle going on here too. Yeah. Well, let me let somebody else get in there. Actually, i got to do something else first that I promised our listeners that I would do. But I thank you for your call. Yes, sir. Okay, I'm not going to take any more calls for a little bit until I get this done because I promised that I would do it. And I'll be right back right after this uh, for some important information. For all of those of you who have sent in uh, your associate applications Get your pen and paper and get ready to take down some numbers because I have some important information to give you.
outstanding music. Outstanding. Stephen, <laughs> you are... You are just one incredibly talented and uh, worthwhile human being. Okay, for all of those of you who have already sent in, especially those of you who sent them in first, your uh, associate applications for American longevity, let me uh, give you some information here. A lot of the applications have been sent in, a lot of them. So if you are one of the first group that sent in your applications, I'm going to give you two telephone numbers here. One is customer service. Customer service. Write this down. This is the customer service number. The number is 1-800-982-3189. That's 1-800-982-3189. One more time. Customer service number is 1-800-982-3189. You need to call that number tomorrow. Tell them your name that you submitted your application under. And Harvest Trust is your upline. Harvest Trust is your upline. You need that information. You have to tell them Harvest Trust is your upline. And then ask them for your American Longevity identification number. Ask them for your American Longevity identification number. Once you have that number, if you want to place orders by credit card, you can call the order number. Write this down. This is the order number. one 800 nine eight two three one nine seven this is the order number one eight hundred nine eight two three one nine seven one more time this is the order number write it down one eight hundred nine eight two three one nine seven you can call and using your credit card can order products over the phone. For the rest of you, you will get an you will get a big package. You're going to get a big package full of everything, all kinds of stuff, all the information that you wanted to know about all of this stuff, and you're going to get an order form, and uh, you will be able to order by a by what they call check debit, if you want to, by credit card, or by sending in a check and money order with your order form. For those of you who need to take these products on a regular basis, and that's everybody, I can tell you that right now, you can, and there's a form in there to do it, you can put in an automatic order where they will debit either your checking account or your credit card every month and send you whatever you designate to be sent to you every month. I highly recommend that you do that because then you will automatically get the health care products that you need, the nutritional products, so that you can stay healthy. Now, let me give you some clues because you haven't got it yet. Some of you want to start taking these products right away because your health is in bad condition and you need them. So listen to me very carefully. Listen to me very carefully. I'm going to tell you 
what you need to take. And I'm going to start with the bare essential minimum right now. Okay? If you don't have much money at all, and but you need something to help your health. Now remember, folks, as an associate or a preferred customer, you can order at the wholesale price. What you must order is the virgin earth minerals. Virgin earth minerals. Everybody needs to take that. Remember, the whole thing is about minerals. You need the virgin earth plant-derived minerals. Okay? They're $18. $18. You get a big bottle. If you take it according to directions, it should last you one month. If you really need to double the dosage, it'll last you half a month. It's $18. Okay? Virgin earth plant-derived minerals. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this has an unbelievable effect upon you when you begin to take it. You'll feel your energy coming back. Some of your aches and pains may go away. And uh, for those of you who need vitamins also, you want the virgin earth, plant-derived minerals, and you also want to get the virgin earth ultimate. Virgin earth ultimate. And take those two. Now, the Virgin Earth Ultimate has up to 77 organic plant-derived, totally dissolved bioelectric trace minerals and elements, free amino acid complex, grapeseed extract, coenzyme Q10, dimethyl glycine, selenium, copper, chromium, manganese, boron, potassium, iron, and calcium. And it also has a complete regimen of all of the vitamins so that you won't have to take all of those bottles of vitamin pills anymore. For instance, it has 200% uh, of the daily recommended allowance of vitamin A, 50% vitamin D, 1,333% vitamin C, 60% of calcium, 24% iron, 667% uh, of vitamin E, 2,000% of vitamin B1, 38% of vitamin K, vitamin B2, 1,764%. I can go on right down the line. Everything that you need is here. Now, you can't just take this by yourself. You need to take it by itself. You, have, you need to take it with the plant, virgin earth plant-derived minerals. So you take the virgin earth plant-derived minerals and the virgin earth ultimate liquid, and if you don't want to stop there, I think that's $38. If you don't want to stop there, especially if you have any kind of a heart condition or you have arthritis, these additional products have helped an awful lot of people. And hopefully it's going to do the same for you. You need the Ultimate Cal. Ultimate Cal. Write it down. Ultimate Cal. That's your calcium, um, magnesium, potassium, zinc, and boron concentrated. You also need the ultimate EFA, which are the ultimate essential fatty acids. The essential fatty acids. You cannot be in good health without those. And you need 
the ultimate gluco gel. So, if you get all of these, listen to me very carefully. If you get the virgin earth plant-derived minerals, the virgin earth ultimate liquids, the ultimate cal, that's spelled C-A-L, the ultimate E-F-A for essential fatty acids, and the ultimate glucogel, you have the pig arthritis formula. That is the pig arthritis formula. And I'm telling you right now, it has made a new person out of me. It's made a new person out of a lot of people, ladies and gentlemen. So if you want to see your health improve and improve very quickly, these are the things that you need to take. Now, there are other things that you can take, and it depends upon what you can afford. Here's what you should do in the order of your ability to afford. No matter who you are, you should have virgin earth plant-derived minerals. If you can afford another $38 a month, you need to take the virgin earth ultimate liquids. Okay, now get them in the flavors that you like. Don't get the classic virgin earth ultimate classic. Don't get that because <laughs> I'll tell you, well, you can get it if you mix it with something else to drink, but I wouldn't drink it by itself. If you get the flavored, um, they have uh, cherry and tangerine. Get one of those and you'll really like it. Now, whenever you take these things, you must mix it with real orange juice, calcium enriched. Okay? You can buy that in your store. You can get Minute Maid or Tropicana, as long as it's real orange juice. Okay? It's got to be real orange juice with calcium enriched. And you take one capful of virgin earth plant-derived minerals and one capful of virgin earth ultimate liquids mixed in with your calcium enriched real orange juice and at the same time you take the recommended number of capsules for your ultimate towel your ultimate EFA and your ultimate gluco gel and uh, you're going to see a rapid improvement in your health okay so I've given you the number to call to find out your American longevity identification number and I've given you the number to call to place your order so that you can get your products as quickly as possible and start getting your health back together, ladies and gentlemen. And I, you know, you know it's up to you um, what you do with this, and it's up to you how long you continue to take it. If you have some real serious problems, it could take up to six months to begin to show positive results. With me, it took two weeks. And I consider that some of my problems were pretty serious, but somebody else may not think so because they might have problems a lot worse than mine. But boy, I'm bouncing around here <laughs> with energy and, uh, and without pain um, that I haven't felt this good in, in a lot of years. It really is a wonderful thing. And I'm so happy that I've been able to share it with all of you. So, you've got the information now? Go for it. And those of you who don't use a credit card or don't have a credit card or don't want to use a credit card, uh, your package will be coming in the mail very shortly. And uh, 
all you have to do is write a check or, or get a money order and, uh, uh, you know, send your order in. And when you get it, don't pay any attention to anything on the, on the uh, price sheet except for the wholesale price. The wholesale price. And whenever you can, order the larger quantity, and, of course, it doesn't cost as much. Okay, folks? And uh, since I promised a lot of people I would do that, I have now done it. And uh, you can get rolling on getting your health back together. For those of you who have not yet written in for your information pack, call 1-888-403-2405 or 1-888-701. 0502. That's 1-888-403-2405 or 1-888-701-0502. One more time for the slow people. 1-888-403-2405 or 1-888-701-0502. 0502. And everybody out there tonight, please say a prayer for our poor misguided friend Howard. And uh, maybe we can help him out a little bit. And for all, anybody else who may be uh, out there stewing in their own juice, so to speak, we uh, want to try to help them if we can. We've got time for maybe uh, two more calls, if you'd like to call in. Good evening, you're on the air. Hi, I'm a first caller, and let's tune in tonight. And I uh, really appreciate your stand on uh, the Constitution. And uh, bear with me, Bowman, I'm kind of, I'm not as well versed as you on the Constitution, but you know I'm learning, and that's what the people of America needs to be doing, is learning about the Constitution of the United States. That, that's right, and, and I commend you for it. I was disappointed that uh, one of the callers tonight uh, didn't have a copy of the Constitution wanted me to tell her, <laughs> uh, you know, whether what they said was right or not. And I, well, you know, a, a school book just accidentally fell into my hands with the Constitution in it. Of course, it won't be up to date, you know, but it's got all the basics in it. Uh-huh. And uh, it's got that oath the President takes where he says he will faithfully execute the office as President of the United States will to the best of his ability to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. You know, he swears to that. Yes, he does. Then, and you know, Mr. Clinton now, uh, we know he dodges the Constitution on every turn and gets his lawyers, and even to this day, I was highly disappointed, uh, Jimmy Carter, you know, I has uh, said some good things about him at times, spice at certain times, but Jimmy Carter and Mr. Gerald Ford endorsing uh, Mr. Clinton and, he, and his disobedience to the Constitution, that's all it is, want to dodge the constitutional way that they're going by the impeachment, uh, you know, going through the House in the correct constitutional way. The only way is to go through the Senate. And I'm highly disappointed in those older gentlemen there, Jimmy Carter, Gerald Ford should know better. So that shows they're very ignorant of the Constitution, really. It's real out, reality, too. And uh, I'm just like you. I'll call you brother because I'm a, a preacher of the tomb, sorry. And, uh, 
you know, if this country stands together, it's going to have to stand under that uh, original constitution that our forefathers drawn up by. You know, those were uh, dedicated, uh, sensible, and even Christian men draw that up, powerfully draw it up, for to preserve this nation. And, and if this nation is to be preserved, then we must go back to that constitution. So keep up the good work, brother, and stay in there strong. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate your call. Five two zero three 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 four five seven eight. I think we have time for one more call, and uh, then we will very uh, graciously call it a night. <laughs> Good evening. You're on the air. Now listen carefully, ladies and gentlemen. Those are the proponents of the immorality in government and in the White House, dropping their pants, showing you their true face and their absolute total lack of brain power. I love it every time they do that, they prove us so right in everything that we say and do. They don't even know what they're doing to their own cause when they do such a thing. Good night, folks. God bless each and every single one of you. Oh, and uh, Kurt Lochner, get a job. <laughs>